0: High fly ball towards the monster. Alex Bregman has tied this game. That's hard hit to second. The Astros are
1: moving on to the American League Championship Series.
2: You're listening to The Weekly Brew with Austin Staton, Jeremy Paxton, and Hunter Atkins. It's time to sit back, relax, and be informed.
1: All right. We have a lot to talk about today. A lot has happened in Houston sports over the weekend, spilling into today, starting with first and foremost... The Astros clinching the ALDS and advancing to the League Championship I Series. I had like four heart
3: attacks on Monday. <laughs> we will get to that in a moment.
1: <laughs> just to, just, to, just to give a rundown. So the Astros today, on Monday, they won 5-4. to four. They beat the Red Sox. They're advancing. They will play against either the Indians or the Yankees at the moment. As we tape this, the Yankees are ahead. We also have to discuss J.J. Watt getting injured and if that sinks the entire season for the Texans or if they can somehow recover. We have to talk about... Uh the Vice President of the United States, Mike night excuse me. Try to say that ten times fast. Michael Pence? No Vice <laughs> President of the United States, Mike Pence. Um Pulling what seemed like a political stunt, we can get into that. Maybe Jeremy Paxton will drop in and have a dissenting opinion against the sane people at this table. Um, <laughs> and, and maybe even just finishing really quickly with a brief mention of the new era of the Rockets with Chris Paul and new uh, owner Tim... Fer- I can never... what's his his... and Fertitta. I cannot pronounce his last name. Say it one more time. Fertitta. Fertitta. Fertitta Tim-
4: Fertata. Tim and Fertilda.
1: God bless you. And <laughs> Shabbat Shalom. T- so,
4: Tim and Fertilda?
1: Enormous win for the franchise. Um, this is the first time since 2005 that the Astros have advanced to the league championship series. But more than that, it's nice to see um, the Astros meeting the expectations that everybody had at the start of this year,
3: right? At, the, at a and, minimum, and, they right. had to get to the championship and, series. And that is exactly what we discussed last week. I mean, Hunter, you asked me last week what would make this season a success. And I told you, getting to the ALCS and going you know, maybe to five or six games against the Indians, I would be fine with that. Now... Of course, since the Astros were there, of course, I want them to you know, go to the World Series. But you know, the fact that they were able to show that resiliency in game four you know, after it looked like A.J. Hensh had overmanaged, similar to what we yeah, saw wait, in game Yeah, wait, wait. Let's, let's start at the beginning. Fair, walk us through fair. your Walk us through. My, my mind's still going everywhere from wa- <laughs> from the game today. Yeah, you, I can,
1: I'm <laughs> peeking over the side of the table. I can see that you're still too mescent. And if people don't know what that word is, they should look it up on, uh, on Google. Urban or. Dictionary. Or, or, <laughs> you're not going to find it on Urban Dictionary. I promise you that. Showpony, on the other hand, Derek, we might find. And introductions before I forget. Austin Stadden with me. Austin. Thank you for being here in your apartment. Thank you for coming over to the uh, Staten Studios, I guess. you want to call it? I I don't know. It's not Staten Studios. It's not the We Desert Studios today. It's the Hunter Atkins Pirate Ship because I've taken over hosting duties. I like that. Derek Fogle in studio. My favorite part-time... My favorite part-time employee at CBS Radio, oh, my yeah. favorite full-time
3: friend.
4: The best, the best part-time employee, the best friend. <laughs> he full-time. is the
3: only person at his radio station
4: that will talk baseball. Like, <laughs> like Please, I'm, please I'm, crap on them I'm, really I'm quickly. Not,
3: yeah. like, one, I love the guys at that station, especially the ones that we've had on the show, like Sean Pendergast. Great guy, but come on. I mean, I got in my car nearly five minutes after the game ended, and they were talking football. Like, I'm sorry, this is a huge Texas, event.
1: do you guys care about
3: football? I, I, is care. What, is I what, care. Is that what
1: we're getting out of this? So Derek for Derek Fogel from CBS Radio. But how much insight Radio. can
3: you offer on J.J. Watt's We get surgery. it. We
1: get it, Austin. Awesome. We're going to offer all the insight <laughs> they need. Here, Hunter Atkins, sports enterprise reporter for the Houston Chronicle. Austin, you said you had four heart attacks during this game today. Walk us through each one and how you managed to <laughs> survive all of them,
3: still uh, aroused and tumescent after it all. Okay, so that that might have been a slight exaggeration, uh, but yeah. not the Tumescent part. I can see that. <laughs> so, gosh, I mean, the game it just had so many highs and lows, and uh, you know, I thought when Verlander came in, uh, I, I, I questioned that decision. I, I I don't understand bringing him in, uh, and then of course the home run that he gave up uh, to put the, the the Red Sox up ahead. I. You know, my heart kind of sank, like, this is the same thing that we've seen again with past Astros teams. I I, I thought back to 2015. Slow it down.
1: Slow it down. Walk us through these moments here. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Um, You were thinking about past Astros teams. Yeah, just collapse. collapses.
3: Collapses. Um... So I, I think that was the first point. Uh, also, leaving guys on base stranded. The Astros oh my God. dodged they were, a lot of bullets today in, in the early innings. You know, they, they, they were one for
1: seven going into right. the fourth or fifth inning right. or something. They, they left a lot of
3: guys on base. Uh, you know, but, they kind the way, of both, both teams, out. teams did. Right. Both teams did. Right. Uh, but then when Sale came in and it was just lights out for three-plus innings, you know, I, I, I was just already looking ahead uh, to game five. Here in Houston, I, I was you know texting a few people to see what their availability was on Wednesday night to go to the game, but I, I think for the moment, for me, uh, when when Bregman hit that home run, you know, it was a heart attack, but it was you know, in a, in a better heart attack, I guess you would say. And then I, the last yeah, one there are, to there to be, be good heart attacks <laughs> where people where people die. The, yeah, the last <laughs> one was when uh, Giles <laughs> surrendered the uh, the stand up inside the park home run, the and then i I mean, I,
1: yeah. Just for for the record, and when I say for the record, I mean it is on the record. I had said in our text thread that the Astros were going to come back and win it. Just want to just want to put that out there. Um, not because I'm a fan, but because it's just, they are they were the better team. This is a quality that they have shown all year: the ability to come back, the ability to be relentless. I really and they did, did it have, against the Red Sox best arms. Against the Red Sox best arms, right? Well, there there weren't many. I mean, that's a short list, but yes. Um, I really did think that that they were going to come back. And I actually thought it was very fitting the way in which they came back. They are down um, four to three. The game gets tied. Wait, how did the game get tied? No, no, no. They were down
4: uh, three to two. Right. And they got three. And then the Red Sox got one more back in bottom nine. Sorry, excuse me.
1: But did two come in on Reddick's single?
4: no one? one
1: came in my point one came in yeah. okay good look how much shows how much i no, know it's it's a blur to me at this point
4: it's yeah okay. so, so,
3: so Bregman hit the home run to tie it up reddick uh, had the single to put them up by one and then beltran had the double off the That's monster. It. yeah i forget about beltran that, and that insurance we'll get into, right the
1: wait, oh i have such a i have such a crush on beltran <laughs>
3: wait, i wanted i wanted
1: to but i want <laughs> to a say show pony i actually he of course is a show pony he's an aging stallion yeah on he's right on the cusp of going to the glue factory but oh not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't no, think I've I, ever heard that on the podcast. <laughs> that's why you listen to the weekly brew to hear all the pony talk. Um, so, uh, no, what I want to say was that I actually thought the Reddick run. So, so the game is tied, and it's just an awesome piece of hitting, right? Long at bat, um, and he slaps the ball the other way through the six hole to bring in a run. Springer dives in the third. Uh, head first, comes up screaming and pounding the ground with excitement. Um, and I, I actually thought that was more fitting of the kind of relentless quality that the Astros have shown all year than would it have been a, a clutch home run. Now, Bregman's clutch home run tied it, but I, I'm just making the point that I, d- I, d- I really didn't think that if the I, Astros were going to lose that I field. thought it gave them their swag back. Like this team. Oh seemed, my! Don't use some ridiculous no. cliche like that. I, I, Where
0: did it go? Did it? <laughs> did they drop it down a sewer drain? I, I, Where did their swag go? <laughs> <laughs> that is, this
1: is,
3: just don't rely on these it, moronic cliches. No, I, I think it's true because you saw a lot more energy in the dugout. Uh, the it was there have, before. No, they would have the had three straight it, they innings would've... when they were shut out. Especially Altuve getting called out on strikes, and what was at the sixth or seventh inning? I mean, the team just looked deflated. Like, I don't think so at all. They didn't look deflated.
4: They were a bit shell-shocked for a second there. Uh, okay. they were, As any
1: team might have been after a home run right. given up by Justin Verlander that and puts the that opposition Reddick, ahead. I but I to that suggest Reddick that their hit. swag was—they got their swag
3: back. It gave them another like level of Act Like Sister cu- Act 2, where Whoopi Goldberg gets her groove back? I think that was Stella who got her groove back.
4: See, I would <sighs> side with Austin just in the sense of individuality for specific guys and helping them to get their, quote, swagger. But I don't think it's for the team. It's mostly for, like, Ken Giles. I mean, the fact that he came in, did two innings and up and down, and he had to sit for, it was close to 20 minutes, I think. Right. So that was huge for him to do because, quite frankly, the Astros bullpen hasn't been that hot either. I mean, we were kind of dumping on the Red Sox for having two guys that can get odds between Joe Kelly and David Price, a couple of good show ponies. But you like that? And if
3: you're listening at home, <laughs> go ahead and drink right now.
4: Um, <laughs>
1: Yeah, oh, Der- that, Derek, your new nickname is Derek the Showpony Express. I'm going to change my Twitter <laughs> handle
4: to McLovin the Showpony. Um, I don't think, I think that's too many characters. But um, oh, where was I? Uh, You're talking
1: about the relief pitching
4: for the Red Sox, Joe Kelly. Clemson, right, they had David two guys that could get outs. And the Astros, they didn't have anybody that came out of the bullpen that was truly, you know. I'm just, sorry, are we, are we revisiting game three? No, I'm talking about specifically in game four because that was really the only close game. So you have those spots where you think, okay, who am I going to call on right now because if you don't want to overextend Verlander, and nobody really comes to mind. That was partially because of the situation it was in, the fact that Musgrove and Davinsky had both gotten up the day before, which since they're, you know, I I know you brought it up that they threw combined 26 pitches, but it still mattered that they got up and went through their routine. So they weren't going to be 100%. All right. then oh, hold it, on, it's way too complicated. Let's start chronologically.
1: And we and we, and we we kind of buried the league. Giles is a no, big no, no, no. I wanna I wanna back up even further. Let's, okay. Okay. Verlander, this is ridiculous I mean, obviously it worked, but this was an act of desperation, I would say much more than savviness by A.J. Hinch. Now it worked out, but for those who I can't imagine there's anybody listening to this podcast who has not seen or read about the Astros winning today or how they won, but basically what happens is starter Charlie Morton goes deeper into the game than any other Astros starter, I think. Maybe Dallas Keuchel had gone just as deep in his start, but Morton goes through f- into the fifth inning. Am I correct in that? Right? So
3: Yeah, but you also saw Verlando go into the... He pitched 6 solid. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I mean, right. Keuchel went five and two. I was, I was just
1: thinking about how the Red Sox have not had a starter go, go past, past three like the second inning. Yeah. It's absurd. Right. And, and how across baseball in the, the DS we've seen...
3: Just one quick note on that, I believe after the Astros game, they said that uh, relief pitchers have thrown. I think it was 50 or 56 or sixty percent of all just innings, which bananas. is mind blowing. I mean, well, the game
1: has are we ca- are we also counting the wild card game for the Yankees? In which Severino didn't. He got one out. Right,
3: I think it's just the uh, the division series.
1: Anyway, I digress. My point is that today Charlie Morton goes gets in the fifth inning and. Fine if A.J. Hintz wants to be aggressive and remove Charlie Morton from the game to bring in a guy from the bullpen. But who does he bring in? He brings Justin Verlander, the ace of the staff, the game one starter. This is bananas, I thought. And it ends up being effective enough. But in principle, it says so many things about how uh, little faith. A.J. Hinch has in the guys in the bullpen. Now, Chris Devensky had been used in three out of four days, so I suppose you're not going to use him again. Uh, Joe Musgrove had been up, uh, if not pitching, in three out of four days, and maybe, you know, it was kind of a big spot to bring in a guy who doesn't have so much experience like Joe Musgrove. Apparently, he's saving Ken Giles for the end. So that means the other four pitchers who are in the bullpen, they're just worthless. He uses, you know, the biggest bullet he has in Verlander. Where
4: Where is Will Harris?
1: He was warming up in the pen. <laughs> well, but also again, it just speaks to how little co- the little confidence that AJ Hinch has in the bullpen. It might be meritable, by the way, it, or excuse me, it might be merited. It might be valid that he should not have so much confidence in these other guys because the Astros bullpen is not good. But still, just a shocking development that only because of the excellent hitting uh did this work out for them right cuz cuz Justin Verlander overall he pitches well but with a man on he throws a flat slider that goes right into the wheelhouse of uh Benettendi what's Benettendi's first name Andrew yep Andrew Benintendi. and it's, it's it was a decent piece of hitting cuz Benintendi had to pull his hands in but really i mean it was it was a terrible pitch that uh, ben Intendi golfs for a two run home run to put the Red Sox ahead, suck the electricity temporarily out of the Astros, uh, and totally fire up that ballpark. I mean, it could have been just d- d- disastrous. Yeah.
3: So I, I, I want to ask Derek this because in our group thread, you know, you were suggesting that Morton, he was good to go, that you needed to keep him in the game. He had, especially after striking out the side in the, in the fourth inning. But, you know, you had both Will Harris up and then you had Verlander up. If you're A.J. Hench, you know, I heard this whole narrative throughout that inning, you know, talking about a clean slate, you know, clean inning, bringing him in fresh. You know, why did you allow Verlander to not start that inning rather than bringing him in with like a runner on first? I mean, what 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 is the mentality coming out of the bullpen? I mean, does that matter, especially for a guy like, I don't know, Verlander, who's never...
4: Seen a pitch? Well, number one, they As should have never pulled Morton. Right, well, I'll get to that in a second. But for Verlander, it matters to him. Which, even though he's such a stud, it, Derek it, has a list. I, I do.
1: Derek, Der- you wrote, no has anybody ever written, written a list for the podcast? Derek is our show pony.
4: It, <laughs> I am. I'm show ponying this. So, Verlander being a starter, and that's the only thing he's ever done in his entire career, it matters to him that he should probably come in with a clean inning. So. If Will Harris was up, you probably could have used him there against Ben Regardless, you probably should have just stuck with Morton. Because even if you look head-to-head, Verlander against Ben the only guy that gave him real trouble in that lineup in Game 1 was Benintendi. He had the longest at-bats. He had to work the hardest against him. He had to pull three pitches against him. That was how he got him to ground to do a double play, which was actually his shortest at-bat. He got him out with a changeup, which he had been working on with Brian McCann. So you had to know right away, because he was the example that I brought up um, on the air when I was doing a game breakdown. And Benintendi was the one that was continually having to fight off fastballs. Verlander was straight-up challenging him. And he kept fighting him off, fighting him off, fighting him off, and it happened multiple times in full counts. So that was dumb to me, the fact that you thought the one guy that gave him trouble was just he was going to be able to come in out of the pin for the first time ever and do that. So that was reason number one why I thought it was stupid to bring Verlander instead of anyone else or just leave Morton because Morton is actually a good matchup against a left-handed hitter, especially with what he's doing now. He's got this four-seam combo, which is he still has great run because he's nearly sidearm. But four seam at like ninety six, but then he can also run his two seam off at ninety two, and it just tails right away from a left handed bat. And then when you're worried about them leaking out over the plate, you can do a curveball towards the back foot or go back door on him. Like all right, too niche, too niche, Narek.
3: No, this is great. <laughs> oh, that, that was that was way <laughs> too specific.
4: The point the point is that you think Morton was more equipped to get Benintendi out. Absolutely, he was. You didn't want people were concerned. Okay, I don't want him facing the heart of the lineup for the third time. Fine. Don't let him face Mookie Betts because he hit a home run, which, by the way, sure, it's a great opposite field home run, but it was a fastball over the middle of the plate. So it's not like he did anything that impressive, right? And barely a home run. Right. Well, I mean, that, that's some deep, deep territory out there. It's a good piece of hitting. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like he did anything. That, he didn't exploit Morton, right? So that was stupid. Then, you know, know the fact that you got to let your starter work for you. They get into these situations all the time. Same thing with Peacock in game three. Pulled the, pulled way too early, but that's like the theme of the playoffs nowadays. Is how much can you manage this game? How can you make the right calls to bring the right guy in?
1: So, I definitely will be writing a story about this this week for the Houston Chronicle. Um, is the am I making too much of the idea of confidence in a starting pitcher, Derek? Now that starting pitchers this is this has to be universal across baseball now. Now that these guys are starting games, knowing the leash is so short that it could be as short as one inning. Is do you think that would have an effect on these starting pitchers?
4: Yes and no, because the playoffs themselves have the added pressure of feeling like you have to make a perfect pitch every time because everyone's hanging on every pitch and you feel like anyone can take it out of the yard at any time. There is that there there is that sense of urgency and it sounds overblown and silly, but it's the truth. It's so kind of
1: overblown and silly. I'm not sure if they starting pitchers even in recent history. Had felt that kind of pressure exacerbated within a span of I, one inning or two innings. I feel like it just emerged. It's in the last, last year with yeah, the Indians. It's in the last few years. But this this is a ne- this is next level. With I mean, we're so in the background. We have the Yankees uh, Indians game on, and tonight Trevor Bauer got yanked in the second inning. I mean, there are countless examples of this. The Red Sox couldn't get a starter past the third inning. So, so my question is again, Derek, do you— I don't know. Are, are starting pitchers now going to start games with even less confidence in themselves?
4: No, no, but they are well aware that the axe is coming down a lot faster than Why usual. does that
1: not sap confidence?
4: Because they want to show up and battle and be able to stay in there as long as possible because they know how hard it is to Fine, stay. but
1: Fine, but when they get into trouble in a game, they must certainly not think that their managers have faith that they can get out of it and extend their outing for another inning or two.
4: This is the problem I have with managers nowadays is we're and they have access to so many numbers and we we look at all the mathematics of it all and matchups when sometimes we just forget about having feel for the game. I was arguing with somebody on Twitter about this about why you don't, you know, or they were saying why you should have taken more. Now Verlander in was a great idea, managerial this blah 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 and I'm saying to him, Great, I don't care about that. Look at the look at what's happening in that game and how you feel about these hitters against that pitcher.
3: It's it's kinda like a basketball when you have a player that's you know on a hot streak, like hitting a lot of threes, you feed him the ball. That was the other thing. Morton had great rhythm. Right. He was on a roll. I mean he he let that one guy get on base. He let one guy get on base. You can say
1: he had great rhythm. He put a lot of guys on
4: base before before that's how he rolls. He did that in the entire season. Peacock too. yes. Okay. That's how they rolled. That's what I'm saying. So if you know that's how he is, and then you're worried about running up his pitch count, I think he was at, what, like 79 pitches? It doesn't matter because he's not going to throw for at least a week, win or lose. Oh, my God. You're so fired up. It made, it made no sense <laughs> to me. Yeah. It really didn't. I, do, you, do you see the steam coming from his head? Well, Yeah. We don't have, have to get to the Boston <laughs> scouting report once we get to that. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, all right. Tell us, what's the next thing you have a problem with? Uh, well, I was going to give some good kudos to the Astros' offense, obviously for bailing them out, for one. But the patience was fantastic.
1: As always. I wrote a... If I can go continue ahead. to self-promote. Yes, go ahead. I wrote a story on, in Sunday's newspaper, the Humble brag. Chronicle. Humble brag. No, no one thinks that's a brag in any way. <laughs> no, no. It's just anybody who would read it. But... But I wrote a story all about how the Astros have been exceptional in two-strike counts. So they led the majors this season with OPS on two strikes, and they've hit even better than that during the series against the Red Sox. And may
4: I interject? The very first at-bats of the postseason against Chris Sale, 0-2 home run on Bregman. Well, he worked it to 2-2, and then same thing with Altuve. Bregman Bregman.
1: was a 2-2 home run, and then Jose Altuve's was an 0-2 home run.
4: Right, but I'm saying 0-2 worked to 2-2. Are you saying, wait, out of the 0-2 count, or just...
1: There's no reason to make it too complicated, I apologize. But the point is just that in any count that has two strikes in it... Oh, okay. In any count that has two strikes in it, the Astros had, at least through two games... My story ran Sunday, so it was before they they played yesterday, but... um, They were hitting 263. Now, 263 normally would not be that impressive of an average, but the league average in two-strike counts is below 200. So that's wildly impressive. And then today, big hit after big hit, always with two strikes today. So when you say like the, that the scouting report um, and the patience of the, of the Astros hitters, it certainly was not unique to today. They, they were exceptional this whole series against the Red Sox. Here's
4: how it was unique to today. So hats off to the Astros lineup for being patient, but it wasn't that difficult to be patient, and here's why. The Red Sox were continually trying to exploit the Astros in some way that they've never been before. They were going outside of scouting reports and they created their own essentially because they thought they were really smart. How do you know that? How do you? Because look at the way they did. They were trying to beat them on elevated fastballs. They were just... Yeah. Okay, it's it's two strikes, one 2 oh, 2 We haven't set this up at all. We didn't start with a breaking <laughs> ball that starts middle and dives out of the, out of the zone. We're just going to go ahead and throw this elevated fastball and hope they swing at it. That is not a setup. That is not scouting. That is not pitching. Oh, my God. It's stupid. He's on it, fire. It, I know. It's <laughs> like Skip Bayless is here. It is. It's awful. Just actually more intellect. But. Elevating a fastball is not an out pitch unless you do it properly. They were not doing it properly the entire series. It was horrendous. They were also not setting up their breaking balls properly. They were just spinning them in there and hoping, oh, you know what? they might just swing at that. Well, they wouldn't because they're a better hitting team than that, and you should have known that. You should have pitched directly to the scouting report of the player and not trying to make some grand conjecture about the team themselves. Sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, for the audience, that so definitely doesn't that's know. That's
1: our show pony. Right. No, Derek <laughs> is very nice and very calm like so all the time, but nothing upsets him more than not
4: setting up an elevated fastball. Bad pitching, <laughs> i.e. Chris Sale. Specifically for Bregman, the Red Sox figured it out after the first, that first at bat, it seemed like even maybe after that, it took Sale had his head up his butt for game one for his approach to hitters. Be, compared to what he did out of the bullpen, I mean, he was going straight into guys with the fastball, finishing with the breaking ball, or running it off the plate. With wait, the wait, I'm sorry.
1: Are you about to criticize Chris Sale? He pitched masterfully today. No,
4: he did up until Alex Bregman, where he fell back into that trap that he did game one of, oh, you know what? I've got this brilliant idea that I'm going to go away from the scouting report and do something that I think is right, which is. Throw Alex Bregman changeups when he hasn't been able to catch up to the outer half fastball for the entire series. He's been popping up to the right fielder all series long, besides one hit, the home run of the first game. Or what happened? Oh, you left an off speed pitch over the plate, a slider. Oh, you know what? Yeah, let's just throw him an 88 mile or a changeup when he hasn't been able to catch up to anything over 92 on the outer half of the plate. What are you thinking? I'm serious. Like you don't. I don't know if you I guys. I know you're serious. This. That's why we're laughing. Hold Incredibly on, on. The, stupid. The, the
3: response and your demeanor right now makes me think that you lost thousands of dollars. <laughs> no, <on this laughs> that's that's the thing.
4: It just drives me nuts to see bad pitching. Like, what are you thinking? Slowing it down to a guy that hasn't been able to prove that he can handle a fastball. Then also, you have Yuli Gurriel, who goes four for four, I believe, on the day. And we're thinking, wow, this is excellent hitting.
3: Wait, today or yesterday? Yesterday, yesterday, he, yesterday Sunday. He went four, four for four. four. He started off two uh, for two. Okay. Either,
1: I mean, either way, or, other way or, he had a streak he, of six consecutive. Yeah, look at he, how he's, he's hitting over pitch. 500 right, right
4: now. Look at how he's being pitched. Everything was going through the right side or being hit over the second baseman. And you wonder, oh, well, oh his, his hitting's just fantastic. Well, also, the Boston pitching was horrendous. Why aren't you jamming him? He has a long swing, and you know that he can drop the barrel on anything. W- what are you doing? Get in on Yuli Guriel. So good on them for recognizing it. Like, excellent by Gurriel and Bregman, even, for realizing that Sale's going to be an idiot. Because the, that scouting report by Boston, I don't think it did the Astros any favors. Because now other teams are going to have to figure it out themselves, and they're probably going to see the mistakes that the Astros did.
1: And just backpedal. <clears throat> May, uh, I'm make sorry you, that the
4: Red Sox did.
1: And make your definitive points about Alex Bregman as a hitter. What's the Derek Fogle scouting report on Alex Bregman as a hitter?
4: On Bregman specifically, you should... Never slow it down for him in the zone
1: you you get very frustrated by because, um, Alex Bregman at bats, and for those listening, that is not to suggest that what frustrates Derek is Alex Bregman doing poorly at
4: the plate. What frustrates Derek is what Alex Bregman does well at the plate because and this is nothing against them like and i it sounds like I'm bashing uh, or I'm belittling what the Astros are doing that you not are it you do belittle Alex Bregman well because. They're making him look like a hitting genius when he hasn't been able to handle the outer half fastball all season. And we get these brilliant ideas like, well, we can just flip some breaking stuff in there. Maybe he'll swing over the top of it. The way you beat Alex Bregman is hard in, which he was able to handle for a little bit there. So so some pitchers stopped doing it. But you can beat him hard in. You can beat him hard away all day long as as long as it's a little elevated because he can drop the barrel on it a lot like Gurriel. He can just stick it out there and let the velocity do the work. So you elevate outer half fastballs. If that doesn't work, you can pitch right off that with a breaking ball that starts outer half, breaks down to the inside part of the plate in the dirt. He'll swing over the top of it. You cannot throw him off speed for a strike because he can catch up to that.
3: I want to ask you a quick question. You mentioned Yuli earlier. Uh, He's hitting over five hundred this series. We talk a little bit about scouting reports and that, you know, they're not jamming him inside. How much does him playing in Cuba and, and not having a lot of professional services here in the U.S., whether it's the minor leagues, whether it's playing collegiate ball like Bregman, how much does that impact your scouting report on a guy like him? I mean, where there are so many unknowns.
4: Uh, you're more worried about how he's facing major league pitching. So what he's done in accumulation this season, same with him and Bregman, there's been plenty of time. even if like I haven't seen as many at-bats as I'm sure as the scouts have. And why am I able to figure out that that's how you beat him? Because you're a show pony. They're, they're very, all joking aside, they're very exploitable. And the Red Sox made him look like Giancarlo Stanton. And I don't understand how you come about that. Like, I just love breaking down pitching, right? That's what I did. Since I wasn't the hardest-throwing guy, I had to know how to beat hitters, how to get them to look for something else, how to disguise my pitches in certain situations. So when I see things that are really just not thought out, it drives me insane. Like, on in comparison, look at what Brian McCann did when, in Game 3 when Brad Peacock started to struggle. They yeah, I like, I like
1: this. You, I, just, I just want to inter- interrupt this just to set it up. Brian McCann, I think, to a lot of novice fans, and even probably some stubborn fans like myself, you know, it's, he's not looked good this series. He's been hitting poorly. Derek. His hit ball's hard, though. No, today he's his last out to right field was hit hard. His other at-bats were bad. Um, but you want to point out the value that he has brought to the pitching staff.
4: Well, the defense, we kind of poo-pooed because he's not throwing out runners, which in, that is a problem, no doubt. Happened today and right. yesterday.
1: yesterday. Was it yesterday's game? Mookie Betts still second in a big spot near the end of the game, right? I think so.
4: And, and – God, Brian McCann wasn't even close to throwing bets out. No, and part of that. No, that was today because Morton slow to the plate.
1: You're right. Morton threw a curveball and bets still.
4: Yeah, and Morton anyway, already. But, he, but
1: your point is that his value has been in calling games,
4: right? He's and Mort- in managing
1: the emotions of the pitchers. Yeah,
4: Morton is long and slow to the plate, but that doesn't and that surely doesn't help McCann. But what he did with Brad Peacock was the the emotions started to run high for him, and so you had Hinch come out. No, was it Strom? Strom comes out. Whatever they do, a mound visit. McCann goes back, and what does he do immediately out of that? Where he still has his emotions, even though you're trying to calm him down, you throw three straight breaking balls because. In this is with point Peacock in, time, in Game Three, right? In that point in time, what you need to do to settle a guy down, a pitcher, is throw breaking balls because they have to focus on the mechanics and the release point. If you just let him throw a fastball, it's still going to get away from him. Which is exactly what happened after he threw three straight breaking balls. He went back to the fastball too early to Leone. It was still elevated a little bit, and so he was able to hit it. And I think that scored some runs for him. It was a big. That was a big turning point for the Red Sox. So they went to the fastball too early. He wasn't quite settled in yet. You had to hope that those three breaking balls had slowed him down. But that's, that's the effect that Brian McCann has to know and to feel out you know, when a guy's energy is too much. That's why I thought he was doing a great job with Morton in game four.
1: And then. And, then,
4: <clears throat> and I didn't feel a need to go to the bullpen there. And then look, they did. So. Right.
1: And then, and then Verlander pitches was it three innings or about three innings yep. of uh, yep. relief? Hands the ball over to Ken Giles, and before we get into to Ken Giles, we'd like to should we, should we invite our our, later, our our other host of the show, Jeremy Paxson, in studio, surreptitiously arriving. Whoa, I've been here the whole time. What, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? Yeah, you've been here as long as Tim kirkshin
2: has been here. <laughs> oh, hey Tim, how's it going?
0: Uh, How it's nice great, there? Jeremy. Uh, guys, no one has ever worn a speedo after a clinching game like Josh Reddick. Talk about the full package. Thanks, Tim. (laughs) You guys, can you can you drop just something to eat down here? It's beneath the table. It's really dark. I I've dropped I dropped my glasses. I can't see. I haven't eaten in days.
2: Guys, he looks really thin. This is sad.
0: I'm uh, I'm getting dizzy. All
2: right, so back to baseball analysis and Ken Giles.
0: There's a reason they call him hundred mile Giles, not even because of his velocity. He can go a long time. No, he
4: didn't look as sharp in game one. I think they had him did they roll him out in game one? No. The two. The no game, was game two. No, game two. He didn't look as sharp as he did in game but, four.
3: But how much of that is high lever situations? Having a closer come in on an eight to one game at that point compared to, you know, a two-run eighth and ninth inning two at two inning save with the division series on the line yeah a little bit because especially (laughs) (laughs) yeah a little bit yeah a little bit (laughs) especially
4: the biggest thing for him is he was able to pitch the eighth sit down for about 20 minutes because that top nine took a little bit and he had a pitching change as well yeah yeah he sat for about 20 minutes and was able to get back up and get the, the hardest three outs in baseball so that was huge because he's learned that he can do that. He knows how to stay locked in for that because that's really hard for closers because they're not that type. That's why even the four out save is a big deal. Mm. They just come in and get three outs. That's it. So that should give, I mean, the Astros loads of confidence. The fact that they can do that with him. The problem in doing that is that it does spend him more than he's used to. If you're going to use him for two, and, obviously you couldn't go the next day, right? So if you're going to use your closer like that, you have to. It has to be when you know you have a day off because they're not accustomed to that. They can't just do that. So Jeremy, that's to, the only to, Jeremy, risk. to catch you up to speed, we're talking about baseball,
1: which means you can just keep you can keep. Oh, walking. was there was there a baseball
2: game today? <laughs> I, I didn't even know. Yeah, there's this there's this team, the the Yankees or something. I see their. <laughs> I, I see these hats everywhere with NY on them. I don't know. Is that the Yankees? That was that their that their thing. You're so cute, Jeremy.
4: <laughs> I can't wait till we talk about the Colts game.
1: Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there, Jeremy. Bite your tongue. Oh my bite gosh. Your oh my gosh. Oh Josh, Deshaun Watson.
4: You're... Deshaun Watson, please. No. That not, not no,
1: no, that's game. not the do, Colts do you, do you game. The football. Football. No. Football you know period. Th- you know what I was thinking about, a... Austin, you know what I was thinking about today? I was thinking how when you think about the people that have been fortunate enough to host this show, um, you you know, you have a love of all sports, but you, you've had a rotating cast of, of characters. Um, who don't like certain sports. So, for instance, I really do not have appreciation for college football. I don't know anything about it. Um, You know, Kevin used to be on the show. Kevin loved basketball, but he was not a big fan of baseball. Jeremy. Or football. No, Kevin liked it (laughs) enough. Uh, Jeremy doesn't like sports. (laughs) So, you really, you've done such a great job of assembling (laughs) such sports, (laughs) sharp sports minds. as little as Jeremy knows (laughs) about (laughs) baseball, that's why we have a show pony
2: like Derek. That's right. That's true.
1: The show pony makes up for it.
2: Uh, the the only only sport that matters really, politics. Absolutely, <laughs> I, knew, I knew you to say it. It's the capital is my college. All right, well then,
1: okay. So then let's wrap up the the Astros' experience on this. Looking forward, they will play either the Yankees or the Indians. It does, in fact, look like the Yankees are going to pull out Game Four, send the series back to Cleveland. I think we're all going to be in agreement that Corey Kluber is going to win Game Five, so let's just move on to assuming that the Astros are going to play the Indians in the next round. Do any of us give the Astros a chance?
3: I think this because this series went to five, and Kluber is going not he's not going to be available for Game One. I think that gives the Astros BB a better chance to win the series, so maybe it pushes it to six games instead of just five. I I'm, I'm, game
1: one probably is that and the. Gonna, is that going to end up being Dallas Keuchel versus maybe Carrasco? Um, I think you could still maybe throw Verlander. Probably no, you probably don't want to push it. I mean, Tuesday, it, it, would days rest. it would be yeah, four no, days rest. No, no, no. They're going to go. They're
4: going to go with Keuchel. You, you do Keuchel Verlander. Honestly, Bauer could be ready if he was removed. He in the removed it after. Inning. I agree. You're right. That's a good point. Yeah, that's essentially a bullpen day. <laughs> you, you had the you had the adrenaline and a little bit of you know yeah. wear on your legs. All right. So but.
3: Keichel, Bauer, pr- we're thinking prospectively for Game One on Friday. Yeah. I I just don't see a way that the Astros win this series. I mean, from what they showed me in the regular either. season, you know, granted in the regular season you didn't have you know th- that first series I believe in Cleveland.
1: By like, that you're referring to the Astros got their butts whooped against the Indians in the regular season.
3: Well, to be fair though, the Astros never threw Keichel. They never threw McCullers. And this was at the beginning of the season when the Astros were on the hot streak. So they lost they, three games in Cleveland, uh in May Yeah. Yeah. In May. But I think they were one run games or they, they were they were close. Uh the Astros just you know What of them they lost because of a bad defensive play in center by right. Josh Reddick. So I still give the edge to the uh, uh, the Indians. I, I, I hope the is can force it to seven. I think it's
4: uh, Indians and in six. Yeah. That's what I said, actually, at the beginning of the season. I thought that they would get to the ALCS and fall. I actually said to the Red Sox, I believe, way back when. I think in, like, May. So April, what you're saying May. is you're fake news. Yeah, And you don't I, know anything about sports. I don't. I don't. I openly admit that. Uh, but I, this series. I'll stick to my guns, yeah, that they're not going to make it past Cleveland. The reason being is because... The bullpen right yeah if
0: if if if, listen you can't go
1: a seven game series managing your bullpen the way the the way that aj hinch did in the five game series the best of five
4: well here's Here's the issue the the astros offense has been able to bail them out on everything so far the indians offense has been able to do that too yeah so when you think about whose offense at what time in the game I give the advantage to the Indians' offense because of the Astros' bullpen. Even though I know the Indians' bullpen, Andrew Miller did give up a home run the other night, and he did blow it. But
1: against a lefty, um, and great bird for the well, Yankees. Yeah,
4: and that's just one guy. But if you're looking at accumulation of of work that they've done, the Astros' bullpen just—I mean—you I, have zero confidence I, in Leary. Do, how do, I do how want do to you... jump in
3: here, real quick? Colin McHugh
4: is eligible for the
3: ALCS. Do you see the Astros maybe swapping out Tyler White? For McCue, especially in
4: a seven-game series, you absolutely need to. Or for
3: McCull, or for McCullers, maybe.
4: Based on every, he's already there. What are you talking about? You you you, mean swapping, swapping McCue for McCullers? You can adjust the twenty-five-man roster, but I think you've got an. It means that if you you,
1: see if you take McCullers off, I think it means you cannot bring McCullers for the World Series.
4: Right. So I would, I would take off somebody like Gregerson and put in McCue. You need more long relief. (laughs)
1: You know what, Jay Kaplan, we were talking, the Houston Chronicle beat writer covering the Astros said that exact same thing a few days ago to us.
4: Yeah, you need more long relief, and McHugh is somebody that can mix it up really well. And if there's anything that we found that if it's not the stallions out of the pin that are going to do it, the show ponies, the show ponies, the thoroughbreds, then you've got to go to somebody that can locate and change it up. The guy like that a Clydesdale. Gave- no, he's not a Clydesdale. McHugh's What's McHugh? McHugh. He's Is just, he a Mustang? No, he's just a, a good spot-em-up kind of guy. He's like a Dalmatian. <laughs> he's got plenty of spots <laughs> with all his pitches. He's a good, he's a good option out of still, the play. Still, still, still. Kyle McHugh would not be the reason that they win or lose a seven-game series. To no, but the, he's the reason why you hang on and keep any of them close. at, at for, And
3: he's, he's also a guy that in a blowout... You know, what we saw in game three, having to use Musgrove, having to use uh, Devo. He's a guy in a blowout that you could just well, it wasn't a there. blowout. Wait, it wasn't all a right, blowout until he, Musgrove. He's, he's a guy that could eat up innings if needed to conserve the rest of your pen.
4: Well, and, and aside from that, if you are down, he can keep you in the game long enough for you to get back in it. Right. So that's, I think McHugh has a ton more value. I don't know why Gregerson's there in the first place. I know he's been decent, but... No, no, what, one, no, one, is, will, no one will defend him. Derek, no, it's fine. I we know.
1: can move on. No one will defend okay, him. Okay, fine. No yeah. him. We're all in agreement. <laughs> Yeah. Let me ask you this. The um, relievers who are not named uh, Chris Stavansky, Joe Musgrove, Ken Giles,
0: how can they
1: come out and pitch in the next series well when they have gone so long without pitching?
4: Uh, Good question. You mean guys that have been shelved like Will Harris who did two-thirds, and he got... He got barreled up a little and bit, and even
1: Francisco Liriano, who yeah. I don't think any of us want to see him pitch, but he will pitch in this series. You don't, don't have will. a
4: left-handed option. Yeah, that's an issue. But I, it's been
1: an issue all year, so they're gonna they're gonna rely on him, right? Although even though he gave up a home run in his
4: one assignment. I will say I do like Musgrove against left-handers. Um, because Devo is the other option. Yeah, he's good. However, with, he's good against left. So, I,
1: but, but but the guys we were just saying: Will Harris, whether it's Colin and Hugh, Lance McCullers pitched a little bit uh, yesterday. On Sunday in Game Three, but whomever, like, how is that those guys can just roll out of bed and do this?
4: Um, you don't know. You really don't know. That's the funny thing. Is and it's ju- it, is
1: Justin Verlander going to pitch relief in every game? Right.
4: That's <laughs> the funny thing. Is you know when it comes down to the end of the season, you're um, worried about saving your starter's arms. You you got to let that pony ride a little bit. You can't just. Put them in the stable. Seriously, you can't Bulldog. just rest them and you skip can't a just start. Put him
1: in the stable. You
4: really can't. I know I'm making jokes now, but I'm serious. You can't. <laughs> you have to let them go out and throw, and it's tough. You have to let them reach a point to where they're comfortable, but not getting worn out. I agree. So how you do that with relievers? It's much more difficult during the regular season, or even it happened. You put Giles in in game two, so he can get his work in. Same thing happened with Kimbrel. So. There haven't, you know, I thought there were opportunities to do that with Will Harris, and they didn't. So it seems like they've completely shelved him, which, if you have a big situation, which you seemingly will in a seven game series, you're going to roll him out there and have no idea what to expect. Yeah. I mean that's it. I all don't right, know. so none of us think
1: the Astros are going to beat the Indians. It's settled. No, Indians tough. go to the World well, Series. We haven't heard from S- Jeremy. Spe- yeah, Speak for
2: yourself, all you haters. <laughs> all right. I believe. All right, no, I'm I'm, I'm serious. I, I think I think they've got a chance. I base on absolutely nothing, but but uh, but you a you threw a
1: nickel into a well today. I did, and it spoke
2: to me. <laughs> I heard a little voice saying the Astros going to win the World right. Series. Well, hold on, wait. If the
1: Astros hmm. win the World Series. We're that's really presumptuous. Now, Hold on, I mean, if they're going to be, right. we'll, beat yeah. the Indians and whoever gets That's, it. That,
2: that's like I don't uh, know if you knew that, but
1: there's another series they'd have to
2: get to after. That's like <laughs> somebody at the beginning of the college football season who said that Baylor's going to win the Big 12, or you know, remember that? Was it Joey Galloway, one of those guys? Yeah, but he was wrong. No, he be hugely r- wrong, right, which I'm, I could be I'm wrong right now about journey. the Astros. My point is, if, right, we're talking about how presumptuous this is, is will one of you guys get a tattoo. I'm looking at you, Austin. No,
3: why would I get an Astros tattoo? I'm an adult.
2: Because you're, this is like a wow. once in a lifetime, once and forever thing, And we have some good friends that have done that exact same thing. To yeah, be fair, you drunk. also, and to be, to be fair, you also have a half heart
1: tattoo on your ankle, and I have the other half heart on my oh, ankle. guys have see that. That's why we're like, all like, have high matching. Hey, let yeah. me
4: say this: Cubs won the World <laughs> <laughs> Series. I'm a Cubs fan. My parents saved their World Series tickets, saved their plastic cups from the World Series for me, got and the, the toilet
1: th- paper from when they went
4: to the bathroom. No, they did not. They got the T-shirt <laughs> and they framed it. They saved the rally towel framed but they saved the new newspapers uh we got a copy of the scorebook from paul hughes the, the cubs broadcaster he signed it we saved it um don't forget I have the, con- the hat what
1: no it? and the congratulations card from your cousin jared i, I knew you're gonna go to that and i hate you
4: because he's not my cousin
1: well he, well first of all he is but he also he's not a big cubs fan so i know you're not um You know, uh, I know you guys don't see eye to eye on that. This is why
4: I leave the podcast. No, he
1: likes him. He likes him. He does. He likes him young, but he doesn't like the Cubs. So uh, that's where you guys just don't don't see eye eye on that. All right, so that's it for baseball. We'll get back to it probably, you know, in the next pod in in another week when the they'll be in the middle of the American League Championship Series. Okay, we've gone forty plus minutes probably and not mentioned, not dwelled on JJ Watt getting hurt. And out for the season. I,
3: just, what, I mean, let's talk about the NFL Sunday. I mean, it was probably one of the craziest Sundays that I could think of. Not necessarily just because of what happened on the field, but what also happened off of the field with Mike Pence. You want to start with
1: that, sun. but you want to get sad before we get, or you want to get sadder before we just get sad with, uh, with JJ Watt?
3: Sure, we can. We can. <laughs>
2: I'm about saying JJ. that's what you want to. do. Would, I no, saying. I mean, you want to get Jeremy involved. I, I don't know. know. You can you turn get on G- sports radio. Like no, what no, what it's okay. Keep excluding me. I'm, I'm, just <laughs> enjoying. Just, just. I, no, but this is like breathing in the microphone, staring
3: I mean, JJ it sucks he's out for the year this is the second straight season he's had a season ending you know injury uh but if you want full analysis turn on sports radio 610 because they're not talking baseball they're going to be talking about this constantly Uh, derek just
1: dry heaved (laughs) all right all right jeremy i'm just giving you the rock mike pence on sunday what this is what happens uh he arrives at the colts who are the colts playing i don't even know 49ers Oh, yeah. that's apt! Yeah.
4: What a game! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, but
1: well, th- I guess that's why this was such a dominating headline. Also, but uh, Colts 49ers, during the anthem, there were players who protested in, in in their own ways by kneeling and holding arms during the national anthem. Uh, Vice President Mike Pence, who had attended the game, he leaves after that, and then.
3: Uh, tweet, was it a tweet, or did he release an official statement? He sent out like about a series of four tweets and then released an official statement. Explaining which that, that he was not designed. going to
1: uh, you know, attend a game where there were players who were disrespecting uh, the flag in our country. Uh, this to a lot of people, including the three of us at, on this side of the table, Jeremy... Uh, thought Whoa. that it was. I don't, I don't Guys, no. Hold on. Wait,
2: are, are, are you comfortable with uh, Hunter self appointing himself as your spokesperson? We already spoke about <laughs> when you no, were. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> you, had, you had a secret meeting. With him, I, I don't believe. Not a secret meeting. You were late, bro. I don't think I ever. You walked I, in. I was <laughs> sitting under the table with Tim. Okay. We were You're having right, a great sorry. time.
0: <laughs> we, don't, we don't talk about politics down here, it's just baseball and hunks. All right, so back to Mike Pence.
1: <laughs> so Pence, you know, it seemed like a political stunt. It seemed like, a, you know, a it, real... It was.
2: It was. If it, if it looks like a duck, wax. I mean, it was. it was. It was a waste of taxpayer money. Um, I, I, I think have to it say, was, I'm surprised to hear you... No, it was. It, anywhere Mike Pence, or for that matter, Donald Trump goes, it's, it's a lot of money. And, you know, I, I was critical of the Obamas for spending a lot of money on stupid crap. Which I felt like they did. And this is just something Pence did. I, I understand uh, Two hundred and forty-two thousand dollars is yeah, the estimate. Ex- exactly. According to what's your source on five thirty eight. I knew I knew it well, not that they're entirely reliable, but they I, it I, is I, the reason why I asked you is because I knew during the twenty sixteen election. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I can point to that. No, I mean but no, but seriously, it, it's it's hundreds of thousands of dollars every hour, everywhere they go. So why why make why create this big distraction when I know Pence has a lot of other really important things to do, namely trying to wrestle away uh, Trump's iPhone from him. Uh, so I, I would, <laughs> I, I would, you know, this is the the kind of thing that if he's trying to send a message, I guess he did it. But you can do it in other I ways guess. besides I mean, because because now the focus is not on the message he's trying to send. I mean, maybe it is a little bit, but it's more on like what Mike Pence is doing, and, and it this sucks. is about Mike um, Pence, you know.
1: No, it, it, not just well, I wouldn't just put it on him. I mean, it's it's also you know he he's representing the White House. He presumably
2: is supposed to be representing our country. I mean, it it, it sucks. I, no, I just I, I think it's unnecessary. Like of there, course there, there it are other was just like just like the NFL players doing what they're doing. There's other ways to accomplish your goal besides doing. it. So that. we
3: hear stick to sports all the time for sports radio folks for athletes. I think Pence should just stick to politics. Like I mean, <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. He sent out a tweet with a photo that him and his wife took three years ago. You know, he sent it out before the game saying, we're glad to be here we're cheering on the Colts. Wait, so what is this? It was choreographed. He yeah, you're right. choreographed. He sent yeah. out the sure. g- exact same photo that he took three years ago at a Colts game. Meaning he, he was too lazy to take a new photograph? No, I mean, it was whole, it was all orchestrated. There were reports saying that oh, his I poll see. reporters, they told him to stay in the van because they might not be in the stadium that long. All right, let me take a next, wait, let's make a next point. Jeremy, I do need your input on this. And I don't, oh, I don't.
2: For what? No, yes. Uh, Tim, did you hear that?
0: I can't. I think I'm going deaf because I'm losing nutrition down here. I can hardly see. Uh, Austin, I'm touching. which feels large. Is that Austin, uh, did you watch the Astros game? You no, seem excited. he's watching the
2: Yankees lose. That's what that's what he's watching. <laughs> oh, win. So, I'm sorry. Big time. Like, no, but uh, so, no, Indians. All right, bad. so my question, you got to read a scorebook, Jeremy. <laughs> Ahem.
1: Gentlemen, so my question for you Jeremy is that I do I do not want this to sound um like salacious or drumming you know, some kind of loudmouth, hot take for politics, but dignity. The idea of dignity in, you know, this political administration, um, people that are supposed to be representing, you know, the best interests of our country, there is no dignity in this kind of, uh, you know, disgusting political move, like to go to the sporting event, to orchestrate an early exit, to abuse, you know, the Sunday like the awesome Sunday for us to just enjoy watching these games. I know. And to
3: think of it, how many people weren't able to watch, you know, that overtime <laughs> game with the Colts. All right, fine, of fine.
0: This. But you see my point, Jeremy? Like, doesn't this suck? And, don't, and, and, and doesn't, doesn't it suck that there is no
2: appreciation of being dignified anymore? I'm talking about dignity for the office. Like, do you think it's yeah. below the office? I, I'd say that that very probably below within, the office.
0: Yes, I do. I
2: mean, you know, I, I'd say the last really three or four administrations, this has been a problem. You know, but that. hey okay, let's not beside p- the point. P- hold on. The no, false, no, 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 no. Equivalency. This is no, really it, bad. Oh, absolutely. Listen, if if this is the worst thing Mike Pence does as Vice President, I'll, I'll call that a win. But and you know, I agree with that as well. Yeah, right? I I don't think this <laughs> is still, that. Still f- but the, the disregard. <laughs> For, yeah, being like feeling beholden
1: to the dignity of his position.
2: I think it was, it was an unnecessary showboat. That, that's not a uh, showboat. It was a showboat. An yeah, abuse. Absolutely. No, an abuse. I'm not going to call it abuse. No.
3: I think it's abuse of weight. I mean, it's abuse of taxpayer or tax or money? money.
2: We just taxpayer money. a quarter money? million dollars. Yeah, no, no kidding. And Michelle Obama's vacations were also hey, an abusive taxpayer. Money. About that. No, but but it's you relevant. Compare I mean, that with the gonna, trips if, to Mar-a-Lago. If we're going to talk about well, hold on, but if we're going to talk about abusive taxpayer money and the use money, of the private
1: jet by the former here's treasurer, here's the difference. Here's the difference like between
3: what? going on a vacation and then spending two hundred fifty thousand dollars for a PR stunt. That's ridiculous. I mean, I work in PR, and if you're spending, no, I, I I agree.
2: We're not we're not disagreeing. I I think it's ridiculous. I think it's a waste of taxpayer like money. You just did by trying to
3: compare it with no. Michelle Obama's
2: vacation. Yeah, because they were excessive and ridiculous. Okay, great. They were, no, they were, and they were unnecessary. Know, but and Jeremy, that's oh, stay, stay, can you please stay on this? Hold on, wait. The, this is stay the, on this with my oh, Okay, you, you, you got me to agree. It was, it was a waste of taxpayer money. Absolutely. What, what else do you want? You, you may come groveling, no, groveling over asking, to you and say no, that this I'm is a horrible thing beneath, beneath the office. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, it's, it's, this is not something that is, go- people are not going to remember this happened in two weeks.
4: I'm still upset about the Red Sox scouting reports <laughs> until they can prove that they can beat you. With a fastball over the outer half. All right, the it.
1: Yankees, it's official. The Yankees have won 7 No, no, you guys
4: continue. I'm, that's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> so.
1: No, but the Yankees won 7-3. to This means that the, that series will extend. They will play game five of their series on Wednesday. Yes. And then the Astros will open up against the winner of that game. Um, Friday night. Friday night, either in Cleveland or uh, in, in
2: Houston, hosting the Yankees. It'll be exciting. Yeah, what will you do if it's the Yankees? What do you mean? And not Cleveland.
1: Oh, rejoice! I think Astros right? fans will rejoice. I mean, rejoice
2: but, but, but but it's, it's from, from in, you guys. This is all but impossible. This is well. What we do is we send
3: the segment of our <laughs> podcast to <laughs> old takes
2: exposed, <laughs> <laughs> and we call it a day. Right, <laughs> right. No, but I mean, like
4: the all like right. emotionally. So, thinking so, all right, let's about get lo, no. Back lo, to lo, politics. Lo, no, not back to politics. <laughs> no. I'm good with it. I'm sorry, I distracted us. Now, the point. Where my the the, the grand
1: point that I actually that I really wanted your sincere opinion on because you are intelligent. Really intelligent, Jeremy, oh, and you often, me. and I would say, oftentimes when we are not talking about media, you're very mm. fair in your political assessments. So this, uh, the idea of dignity, though, of leveraging the sports Sunday for you know the message of uh, of Mike Pence that was started by Donald Trump at the rally in Alabama. Yeah, I think it's beneath the White House. I think it sucks. Yeah, I I, I would. That's a reflection say, of of everything that's gone on with to the say, administration. You know.
2: To say it's, it's to say it's beneath the office, I, I think I think that's something that would require more thought. But it's I mean, definitely better, not better. He could have important. done better. He they, could have done better. They
3: have better and more important things to be focusing on. I mean, there's a huge crisis going on right now. Well, and, and in, let's in the
2: thirty eighth parallel. Let, 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 let's let's ask ourselves this question: Who did he move the needle for? Anybody? No, do these players he just take it a knee? But that's even needle worse. No,
0: that is the point. That's so even worse. Think, it's that it was inflaming for the sake of yes. inflaming. I, I think right. That is did, what I dislike about. I
3: think it. what he did is people were starting to forget about it, and I think he just poured gasoline onto the fire.
2: He just said, "Well, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think people. I think every Sunday that that people go to to a diversion. People go to something where they want to get away." from politics and their lives and whatever else they're doing, go and watch a football game. Every time they have to see this this grandstand on the field, it's thrown in their face again. I, you, you, to, and it was trumped point, by the grandstanding of the vice president. Yeah. I, 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 again, we be, agree. Because, because, but, but, because Trump can never be outshined. What, right. And, and there's almost a sense in which you know Mike Pence is kind of, you know... I'll tell you what, though. It did do a great job of covering up the beef
3: on Friday and Saturday between uh, Rex Tillerson... And and, Trump and maybe Collins. that's the part of the plan. No, Who knows? I mean, right. I, <laughs> as if there's a plan, <laughs> but you know, you, the whole narrative on Sunday for college football or college football, I'm, I'm still stuck in college football for the NFL, which is crazy because you start the day with that. And then of course, Trump responds on social media. And then you go to the, the one o'clock games on the Eastern time zone. Odell Beckham jr. Uh, out for the year, uh, you know that doesn't look good. Uh, the three o'clock games, Cowboys blow a lead against the uh, the Packers with Aaron Rodgers coming back and that you know miraculous what seventy seconds that he had left in the game to get to, you know to give the Packers the win. I think he's three and zero all time against the Cowboys now. Uh, and then right after that game, you had Jerry Jones come out and say that he was not going to allow any player on his team to kneel for the anthem, and if they did, uh, they weren't going to play for him. Do like, you say
1: kneel, or do you say disrespect the flag? I think he said disrespect the flag. Which so, could be interpreted as anything. Right. So, Somebody
3: could break wind during the I, national I would anthem almost want, him. like, Dak, Dez, and Zeke to just test him on it, because he's not going to get rid of you know his best players. I think it's just more all talk for him, but I think... I'd like it if the white players did it, too, by right. the way. I, I, think, I think the best... I, I think the thing is... is the players for the Cowboys like at least respect Jerry Jones enough that, you know, he was there arm in arm with them before the uh, the Cardinals Monday night. What game. a farce that was. Yeah. Well, and yeah, we all it knew it is. was. But then, you know, the Sunday night kind of closed. Interesting. Like you have the Texans game where you have Deshaun Watson shining again, five touchdowns, no interceptions. You have JJ Watt and Whitney Merciless going out in the first quarter to season ending injuries. Those are two of your best defensive. Uh, you know, pass rushers, two of the best, arguably in the league, and then you close Sunday night with the Miami Dolphins' offensive line coach—a video leaking of him snorting a white powdery substance. Or it was cocaine. rock salt.
2: Okay, that was yeah. not cocaine. I mean, how crazy... everyone snorts, snorts rock salt? Miami. Uh,
1: it was. It was bananas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's funny. I didn't really. I didn't tie that all together. So <laughs> those well put. Yeah, the devastating injuries. The potential video of somebody, the video of somebody potentially and he snorting cocaine. He resigned on Monday. Wow! Well, uh, yeah, at this point, <laughs> right? As if no, and then the interference from, from the political interference. You're right. It was, it was a nuts crazy. Sunday.
3: It was crazy. Are there are the Texans toast? No, I don't think so. I think no, I think I think absolutely the, not. I think the biggest loss that the Texans have is Whitney Merciless going down. Oh, Derek
4: is nodding. Derek. You think well, they're toast? Okay, absolutely. Look you have me. you have you just missed your. You just lost your two best pass rushers, and then you have Jonathan Joseph, who's showing his age like none other. You still don't have a secondary. You don't have the personnel to keep up
3: with this. Right. You have the injuries on defense, but here's what's different from last year. You have the offense that could potentially keep you in games, and so you're going, I think, to have these shootouts. Plus, it means that Jadavion Clowney is not going to be playing a linebacker anymore. He's going to be able to move into a position that he can attack uh, You know, know, the the rusher a little bit better on the end. So, yeah, it sucks to lose, I think, I think losing Merciless is a bigger deal, honestly, than losing Watt. Because well, because you, you saw what the Texans did last year without Watt. They were able to have the number one defense based on you know total yardage last year. And Merciless emerged as that guy who looked like he was validating that contract that the Texans gave him. But, I mean, yeah, like you said, you have Kevin Johnson out. Your, your entire secondary looks weak right now.
2: Yeah, we haven't seen Watt in fighting shape since, you know, it's been a couple of years, 2015. Yeah. I mean, he... 2015 season also ended with
3: you know what was it, the quad injury or the the, the groin
2: injury that he had against the Bengals
3: where he was just essentially carried off the field in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah and maybe it was the Chiefs. There, I can't remember. There's
2: even talk of him retiring. You know, and Jeez. in this,
4: no, that's that's just I mean mind.
2: premature maybe, but I mean this is this is a pretty tibial plateau whatever it is. I mean he he's out for the season. So what does this do like psychologically to a player? How do you get back in? You know, after a se- now, not just one injury, not just two See, injuries, that's, but a series of injuries. That's
4: now. a real question. That's a real question to whether or not he would retire. I don't think the whole, well, he just feels like he's at the end of his career. Well, that's not it. It's more so the grind and having to come back from an injury is incredibly difficult. I had to do it myself for my elbow. That sucks. That is what wears on you. That is what would make someone retire, I'd say. That's a good question. Right. Well,
1: let's give it, it to this season. Deshaun Watson is emerging. Do you still have Clowney on uh, on the line? Is that enough to carry the Texans
3: to the playoffs at the very least? Yeah, well, but at the end of the day, if you finish nine and seven, what does that do? I okay, mean, it's a it's a first round. You might get the first round. Wild Four straight card years at
4: nine and seven, baby.
3: Yeah,
2: <laughs> I- <laughs> <laughs> he's got a point, guys. Uh, no, but I- if. If Deshaun Watson could play every every game like he did in that second half, I mean, he lobbed that ball up and good things happened. I mean, Will Fuller, yeah, it was like uh, it was like watching Matt DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, no, you, you, it was it was amazing. I felt like I was watching a college game. I mean, Watson, this guy looked, he looked like first or second year um, uh, Russell Wilson. I mean, he was he was incredible. Yeah. So I was really impressed. I, I I thought that was a huge bright spot. You know, going away from a terrible game. Um,
4: Watson you know, I, does not believe in checkdowns. Period. If he is in trouble, he will not check down. It's after, going deep.
1: After Tom Savage was captain check down. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and same with Brock Oss. That's the only thing the Texans' offense was. Watson, nah, air this out, baby. <laughs> but it,
3: it is fun to watch him extend plays with his legs and mobility. I mean, that's something that Texans fans just haven't seen before. And, you know, some of those throws that he made yesterday were ridiculous. But also, you've got to credit, uh, you know, Hopkins as well. He had four receptions, three touchdowns. Uh, Fuller had another two touchdowns in the game. I mean, I don't know. The offense looks like it's clicking, but it, it it reminds me almost a little bit of what I think was the 2009 season when, or maybe it was 2010. And they had this highly prolific offense, but finished eight and eight in the playoffs because their defense was atrocious. And I, see, maybe you see that this year.
4: I'm with you. I like the offense a lot, but the defense was underwhelming when they still had Watt and merciless. Right. So now that it's falling apart, it's, I don't have a lot of a lot of good feelings for. It's them. also the
2: Chiefs, by the way. I mean, there's a reason they're unbeaten five right? and zero. I mean, five and zero. You have to give credit where credit's due. Uh, I like our next matchup. You know, the Browns. I, I think. I mean, who. Who knows? But Who doesn't like that matchup? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Everybody likes that matchup. So I, I think that the, my point is this gives Bill O'Brien enough time to retool on defense. Hopefully m- making something work with Jadamian Clowney and uh, some of the other. The division is still guys. up for grabs. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a crapshoot right now. Absolutely. So,
1: so that also should
3: inspire some hope. Yeah. I, I, I mean, honestly, outside of the AFC, I mean, outside of the Chiefs and the AFC, I don't know that there really is a team that's that impressive to me. I don't know. Just, just, just my. I agree. Sense.
1: All right. Last note. I just, I'll just to because we were we've we've gone on long enough, but we'll have to get into the Rockets another another time. I just thought I just think that there's such good buzz right now going into this season. Um, I loved the little beef last week between Kevin McHale oh, and James great. Harden. Kevin clown. McHale was correct, clown. by the way. Kevin of McHale's course. criticism was that now that you have Chris Paul, you have improved leadership because Chris Paul can actually go up to somebody and say uh, and criticize their defense. They could say, hey, we need you to play, right? you know, you need to pick it up on defense, which James Harden, of course, could never do. So I thought it was totally fair, and I love that he called Kevin McHale a clown. It was all good. Um, we're two weeks, can you believe we're two weeks away from tip-off? I cannot. I don't even that
0: think it, is nuts. I don't even think it's that.
3: I, I think it's I, like got, my how, I got my how, credential. How, what is it? I think I saw a tweet today that said eight days is NBA eight days? opening night.
1: That is amazing. I, opening I, night, LeBron James, it's, it's honestly, Kyrie it's Irving, the, Cavs,
3: Celtics. It's the best time of year because you have college football intersecting with the NHL, the NFL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball playoffs. It, it That's funny. I'm usually pretty
1: partial this. to March. March is my favorite. March, Madness. March Madness. I like March Madness with, with spring training. But I, I see your point. You're right. This is pretty good. All right. Let's wrap it up. Jeremy, thank you for your contributions, as always. Yeah. I just want to call you out specifically, because I thought I thought that not only was it were you very kind to take my badgering <laughs> about Mike Pence, but uh, also you did hustle to get in here, even even though we still bored you with another 10 minutes of baseball talk.
2: Uh, you, you know what? Since, you know, like 40 pounds heavier, hustling in here is a lot of work, all right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, you, you don't understand. I was, I was on a breathing machine for about the first 10 minutes to sat on this chair before I could even get in the seat. Um, no, but yeah, absolutely. It was, it was, a, pl- it was a pleasure to do. I'm, I'm really disappointed we didn't get to talk about college football too much, obviously, but that said, I do want to mention that seeing Oklahoma go down at the hands of Iowa State this weekend was amazing.
4: Amen. I have no reason to (laughs) like that. I just liked that. Guys,
0: guys, are you still recording? I think I need to go to the hospital. (laughs) Just put me in a Ziploc lunch bag.
2: Austin, you forgot to fill his water bowl. Shame on you. (laughs)
0: There's a water bowl?
1: (laughs) Tim, thank you so much. Derek Fogel, what can we look forward to from you, and where can we find you on social media?
4: At Fogel said what? F-O-G-E-L said what? That is where I am at on Twitter. I'm saying things that... I do on the podcast about the pitching. (laughs) You know, I I will say this about Derek: he is honestly one of the best follows if you
3: want analysis on what's going on in baseball games. I'm not
4: going to give you who's warming up in the bullpen. I don't care. Right? He's he's not
3: going to give you those notes that you can just find by watching the game on television. I mean, he's going to give you insight. I can tell you from like the group thread that we had going during the game. I mean, it was it was very very. Yeah, not everybody's
1: privileged to the group thread, but Derek does bring a lot of. (laughs)
3: Derek does put a lot of that on
1: Twitter. He also puts out promo codes for Subway for his cousin so you can look forward to that. Derek, thank you. Thank you. Austin, for your social media.
3: If you want, you can follow me at uh, a Staten. And uh, I'm really hoping that we were wrong with Cleveland and that the Indians, uh, you know, do not pull it out so we can host game one and two here you're so.
1: And I would have some place to stay for free in New York City. Mom and Dad? There you go. <laughs> Hunter's coming home. All right, you can find me at... <laughs> at Hunter Atkins thirty five, uh, and please read the uh, Houston Chronicle. You get three free page views every month. You might as well use them.
3: Just subscribe. It's like ninety nine cents a day. I was I was
1: being n- nice about it. I mean, it's it's also a lot less than ninety nine cents a day. Just letting you know, it's like ten cents a day. Okay, it, it's a. It's I'm bad at math, and to be fair, <laughs> I don't pay it. It goes on my corporate card.
3: So. <laughs> All right,
1: no, I encourage everybody to at least just check it out. Follow any of us on Twitter. Thank you for listening. And uh, what's I can't do the outro. What's the outro? Uh, brew responsive What do we do Do, do we, we still I, do that I, I, we Yeah we don't yeah, do we that, don't that You don't so do that just anymore that. Just sign it off Alright yeah. everybody Don't do anything responsible Have a great week
2: You've been listening To the Weekly Brew